My name is Tarletta, but you can call me TJ. And this is the Lessons Learned with TJ podcast, a podcast where emerging entrepreneurs, business owners, and corporate leaders can listen in on conversations and lessons learned as me and my guests discuss sales, marketing, life, and leadership. So grab a pen and some paper. It's time for your next lesson. We are playing roles all the time. And if we know how to play the right role, if we know how to perform in integrity with authenticity, amplifying the best parts of our personality, then we steal the show. We find our voice in the process. We overcome our fears and maybe even silence the critics as a result. Michael Port, from his book, Steal the Show, from speeches to job interviews to deal closing pitches. Hey guys, and welcome, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Lessons Learned with TJ. This episode will be our very first book insight episode, and I'm super excited to share this with you because I believe that books are the key to wealth, they're the key to information, they're the key to knowledge. They are so powerful, and I think that if more people took the time to read, to learn, and to study, They'd be so much further in their journey and so much further in their information and stages. And as a, as a bootstrapping entrepreneur, from the very beginning, I know that books are typically the cheapest resource you can get to get inside the minds of some of the greatest speakers, authors, owners, business tycoons of the world. It is the cheapest way to do that, like for $15 or free if it's at the library you can get world-class insights. And so I love books because they have a supreme amount of value. I may never talk to Michael Port, although I hope I do one day. But if I never do, I've gotten into his mind and I've been able to look through what go, what happens or how somebody at his caliber really plans their day, really looks at what they do, how they, how they mold their expertise and share their information. And so books to me are always going to be an amazing resource. They are the cheapest typically, and they are full of information and things you can pull from and use over and over again, as I'll show you guys a little bit later in this episode. So I ordered the Seal the Show book because I heard about it on Ashley Nicole Kirkwood's Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. It is one of my favorite podcasts over there. Love it to death. Michael Port was a guest on her podcast, and he was promoting this book at the time. And I'm like, you know what? I've got to read it. And so I ordered it on Amazon and literally 48 hours later, I was finished reading it because it is juicy. It is so full of information and so, so many good things in here. We're going to break down some of the key concepts and action steps that I believe that you as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, as a corporate leader, a manager, a coach, somebody who is building an enterprise, building a business. I think that these are going to really change the way you look at your position and how you communicate with other people. Because as you can tell from the title, this book not only goes over speaking from the stage, but also just speaking from a place of power or influence or stealing it if you must. So when I read the book, I was immediately enthralled because he builds it from the inside out. So it is a book designed for transformation. It's designed to have you change your mindset first and then change your action later, which to me is the key to true change. But the first thing he goes over, of course, is mindset. So what is the mindset of somebody who is going to be doing this? 
And the quote that I read to you guys earlier was one that really put that into perspective for me and one that I offer as advice to a lot of other people. And it is to understand your role. What is your role in the room? Whether you are at a job interview or you're giving the interview, whether you are giving a speech in front of the corporate leaders at your company or you're giving a speech to the team members at that same organization, whether you are talking at a networking event or speaking with a friend or a colleague, what role are you playing? Are you the advocate? Are you the antagonist, the protagonist? Are you the person who's guiding the conversation? Or are you a respondent? And then understanding your role is understanding that your role changes. Um, How people see you, the characteristics that they attach to you, will all identify different role characteristics of yourself and when you're in different situations. And I thought that was super cool. And so I started to sit down and I thought about, well, what roles do I play right now? And there are like, of course, the basic generic roles that we play, such as, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter. You know, those are all never going to (laughs) change. I will always be those things. But in my professional life, my role changes quite a bit depending on who I'm talking to. So when I talk to my contractors or to my employees, then I'm a manager. I'm an authority. When I talk to somebody at a networking event, I'm an advocate. When I talk to my clients, I may be the expert. Or if they're in a different business of mine, I may be their coach. So my role really depends on who I'm talking to and the characteristics that they deem upon me. Because I may be playing multiple roles, multiple roles, because I may be playing because I may be playing multiple roles to the same person. So two things can be true. I may be their manager and their friend. I may be their manager and their mentor. They may view me as a mother figure, depending on who I'm talking to. And so it's very important that the more I understand the role that I am playing, the more effective I can be in that role. Because as a manager, as somebody who leads other people, it is very likely, and I say this because I experienced it, that the people that we look to for growth and development, when we look at our managers, we look at our mentors, to attach other characteristics and other perspectives to that person. And those can bleed over into how ready and willing we are to accept their information and change or to accept their advice and how we apply it. So when you're working with younger individuals who are still trying to find their way, you may notice that they have more of a camaraderie with their managers because they're looking for a friend. They're looking for somebody who's going to give them advice. They attach those same attributes to their friends. And it takes a lot sometimes for certain people in different roles to really cut the barrier when it comes to, I'm your friend, I'm your boss. Like I have children, I'm your mom, I'm not your friend. And parents say that, but it doesn't mean that I don't have those same characteristics. But each role is defined and it's defined based on the principles and the expectations of that role. As a mom, my kids expect me to protect them, to feed them, to clothe them, you know, to be there for them. As my client, they expect me as the expert to give them the proper advice and to perform in integrity and the tasks that they have paid me to do. They don't expect me to give them food, clothing, and shelter. And so you have to really, when you understand your role and the role you play to the people around you, you're able to impact them. And the more you understand that, the, the better you'll understand your people. And so if you're a manager, I strongly encourage you to take an inventory of the perspective of yourself in the office because it will change the way that people will respond to you. 
if you're in corporate and you do corporate training, then for those that have been there for the first few days, you may be very giving to those people because they're still figuring it out and they view you as a resource. So they're going to call on you unless you give them other SOPs to find other resources. And we can talk about that a whole other time. But they're going to look to somebody to help them as a friend, as a mentor, as a guide. But as they progress, as those same trainees become managers and experts in their own right, well, now you're not, you're no longer that person, you're no longer the expert to them that you were in the beginning, but you still have a vital role to them as a leader. So they still look for you for other information, but they may know that, hey, at this level, I probably shouldn't be asking you questions every single day. At this point, I should report to you in this way. I should talk to you a certain way. And that changes over time. And so being able to draw those lines in the sand, like, hey, this is what this role looks like. This is the role I'm going to play. And then your personality takes over how you want to play that role. And the more authentic you are to yourself, the easier it is to transition between roles because your integrity is made up of your values and those do not change. So it doesn't matter who comes to you or for what reason, your response will still carry the essence of your character regardless. So it's really easy to be authentic when you're going from role to role because it just carries you from where you are to where you want to be. And you just understand that, hey, in this particular role, in this particular season, in this particular room, I need to be louder. In this room over here, I need to be more of an advocate. In this room over here, I need to be more of an observer. And you start to operate in those roles as it goes along. And to me, like I said, as a corporate leader, as somebody who leads teams or has led teams, as somebody who works with different people and who does advocate very often for the things that I do believe in, it is very, very important to understand, define, and operate in those roles. And then also, it is very important to understand and operate within those roles and understand the boundaries of them. And so if you look into your office and the roles are all over the place, it's time to do some inventory. I recommend you do that. And even just having a team meeting to understand, hey, here's the role that I play. I am not your resource. I am not this. I am that. And then have the conversation where to go for those other things that don't fit your role right now to give them the resources that they do need and to point them in the right direction so that they understand where to place that expectation. Another key concept that really stuck out to me was the power of preparation. And as someone who really enjoys learning and really enjoys presenting and really enjoys sharing and teaching, I fell in love (laughs) at the part where we were talking about the power of preparation. And he really does a really cool job inside the book, if you get the book, there is a seven-step process that he uses for rehearsing. But he does more than that. Inside the book, he also goes over how to actually create your speech or how to create or how to map out your conversation or your content. And it is absolutely life-changing. We'll be using it for many years to come. But the power of preparation for me was a really strong topic because it really pointed out that many people shy away from being prepared. And they may not know it or may not think of it that way. But that's how it ends up coming off. It's like, well, I don't want to rehearse or I don't want to practice because then I'll feel like I'm going to forget it or I'm going to feel like I'm going to be robotic or I feel like I'm going to, you know, forget something that make me really nervous if I rehearse. I'm going to get really nervous if I trip up. 
And one of the things that he talks about in the book is that the more you rehearse, the more confident you are with the material and therefore the less you actually feel nervous. If you do happen to forget something, you can improvise. But because the information is still there and the more you rehearse, the, the more accessible it is. Because he broke down, he broke it down into how the brain really draws synapses between common ideas and linking topics, which made it make a lot of sense. Because like our brain draws connections all the time. So even if I happen to space a little bit, my brain is still drawing the connection and I can find it easier. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur, when it comes to being a leader, the power of preparation is unmatched. <clears throat> There's nothing like it. Because when I'm getting ready to lead someone, when I'm getting ready to start a project, when I'm getting ready to train a new employee, when I'm getting ready to start a new challenge, it's very important that I know exactly what's happening and what's going on and that I'm ready for it to happen. If I'm not ready, if I've decided to wing it, as a lot of business owners do at times, as, as managers do sometimes, there's a lot of space for error, which means that one, I can lose my status where I, I'm no longer the manager, now I'm the guy who, or I'm the girl who forgot, you know, where the marker was, and that's what they remember, or I feel, or I lose, so I lose my status, I lose my power, I lose my confidence, and so ultimately, the message I'm there to give gets lost in my in-preparation, because people are trying so hard to figure out what I'm trying to do. It also shows up sometimes when you'll recognize that people will start babbling, because they are not prepared. And that's one thing that I've noticed a lot with managers is that they'll go in to do a team meeting or to lead a conversation or to do an interview and they have no idea where they're going. They have no idea what the point of the conversation was other than we had to have a conversation every morning for 15 minutes. I'm going to go say some words. And they kind of fumble through it. And to me, it really does a disservice to their people because this was a time to inspire. This was a time to motivate, a time to focus, a time to you know give people that last little bit of juice before they go do whatever task it is you have them going to do. And this is a message you can impart on them. For a lot, in a lot of companies that I worked with, um, I did do sales for a while. And so at one of the companies, we would do a leadership impact for the managers early in the day. And we'd also do a team impact before we all went out into the field to do our direct sales. And those impacts were designed in a way that you left with something. And if the person giving it wasn't prepared, it showed. And it means that we weren't able to get everything out of it that we possibly could have. And so the book itself goes over not only how to perform, but like I mentioned earlier, because it goes through from transformation to performance, it also goes over preparation. So how to write your speech, how to know that it's landing, how to create impact, how to make sure that what you're sharing provides value to those that are listening so you can change the world. I think it is so important as a corporate leader to understand where you're going. If you're an entrepreneur, same thing. If you're trying to run a business and you have no idea what your end goal is, you are going to be in trouble, period. And as a digital marketing strategist, I've talked to clients before where they'll come to me and they're like, well, hey, I want to run ads or I want to run a new marketing campaign. And typically my very first question to them, if it's a campaign especially, is what is the objective of the campaign? 
And they're like, well, I have to market this product. I'm like, that doesn't help me. But when I say, what is your objective? It's like, what do you want people to do? And then also, what value do you want to offer the people in this marketing campaign? What is the objective? Is it to get them to buy something? Is it to get them to go to your website? Is it to get them to make a decision? Is it to get them to schedule an appointment? What is the objective? What are we striving to do? What do you want them to feel? What do you want them to remember? And when you're able to create that for your audience, you have a much greater chance of impacting them to do the thing you want them to do. But if you're only going for blanket awareness, then more than likely you're going to end up wasting some money. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're just going to start a business, but you don't know what you want to do with it, then there's a good chance that you'll spend a lot of money doing all of the things, but never getting much of anything done. So I know it can be hard, but I cannot stress the power of preparation. Like there are managers I've worked with, they're like, well, I just don't have any time in the day. And so I would tell them like, hey, if you can take two hours on a Friday to save you 10 hours next week, would you do it? And a lot of them would say, yeah, I would do it. And then I give them the homework and they don't do it because they can't find the two hours on Friday. And like, well, you got to get started. Because even just planning out tomorrow, if you can't do the whole week, just planning out tomorrow can save you hours on your day from making so many decisions because our, because our brains are lazy, y'all. Our brains are super, super lazy. And so the more that we, the more decisions we can make in a stretched out amount of time, as opposed to having our brain make all the decisions at once, the better chance we have of executing the way we wanted to on those decisions. And that includes when it comes to diet and exercise, when it comes to, you know, time managed specifically, when it comes to accomplishing a challenge or a task, the more things, the more prepared we are, the better chance we have of being successful, period, because our brain is now wired to do it. It's wired. And that was a phenomenon that I thought was like super cool to learn. Like our brain draws pathways to completing certain, certain tasks. And the more we tell our brain to do a task, the deeper that groove goes. So the more prepared that you are, the better you are at doing it. And this is why practice makes permanent. Practice does not make perfect unless you do it perfectly every single time. Also a good book, Practice Perfect. Different day for that complete book breakdown as well. So the first key concept that I really want you guys to take away from this book, of course, was that we are all playing roles. We all play different roles throughout our lives to different people. And each of those roles is assigned with its own level of credibility, its own level of integrity and expectation. So be aware of that. The second thing is the power of preparation, whether it is in your time, the people that you surround yourself with, the way that you plan out anything, any activity, preparation will save you hours and hours of learning. Like I prepare by reading, which is why I read so many books. Like I believe that if I can get the knowledge, if I can say it out loud, I can have it in my mind, then I'm ready. I can do this. And if you listen to episode two of this podcast, lesson number 12, you'll know that I have certain fears that have pushed me to always be acquiring new knowledge. And books are how I tend to do that. So power of preparation, it is absolutely amazing. And the last key concept that I wanna say that I got out of this book is that when you are on stage, when you are performing, 
You are in control whether you take it or not. You are in control of that room. You are in control of the impact. You are in control of the value, the service that you're giving to those people. And whether or not you accept that control is completely up to you. But if you want to be impactful, if you want to be able to grow people, if you want to leave people in a better position than you found them, if you want to have that leadership role, you have to create the narrative. You have to create the bounds within which you operate and then maximize those parameters. So looking at working with different business owners and different leaders over the last several years, it is very often that when somebody gets promoted, if they don't feel ready for that role, it is very difficult for them to take control of the situation, to take control of their new position. And it usually ends up getting defined by the people around them. And those people also tend to be less happy, less fulfilled, less productive, and especially less effective in their roles because they have given away the power to define and control it. And so when you have that space, when you're the one interviewing somebody, when you're an interviewee, When you are the one that is giving the leadership impact, talking to the team, talking to the board of directors, talking to people who need to be introduced to your opportunity, to your business, it is your duty. It is your job to take control of the conversation. It is your job to give them everything that they need. And the first two key concepts from this, to understand your role And then to also add in the practice and put in the effort to make it the very best performance you have will change the way you do business. As a business owner, this comes in really handy when it comes to networking. Like I cannot tell you guys how tired I am of elevator pitches, but when you understand your role, when you know that you're going to go network with somebody, when you know that you need to advocate for your business, when you prepare for that, you create an opportunity for your business. But if you're not prepared and you just go there handing out business cards with a half-hearted statement about what you do, you can't, you're not performing. Well, you are performing, you're performing very poorly. Let's get that straight. When you go there and you're able to talk confidently, when you've practiced what you're going to say, when you know that pitch, when you know that, that statement, when you know how to improvise during conversation to get back to your performance so you can steal the show and be the most impactful conversation that they have that night, when you rehearse how to introduce yourself, when you rehearse what your role is, when you rehearse what your company does, when you rehearse what you do at your corporate job, when you rehearse what you do as a team member at a corporate job, when you rehearse how you want to be represented and remembered and you take control of the narrative of what you do, you are 10, 20, 100 times more effective in communicating. But you have to take control. You have to take the time. You have to take responsibility for all of your actions. And whether or not you do is completely your choice. It's completely up to you. But people will remember. They will. So it's your job to make that last impact, to make that lasting impression a really, really good one. So in reading this book, I had a lot of fun. Those are the three main concepts that I got from the book. There are many, many others. And if you want to learn more about what I got from this book and how I'm applying it, including some of the skills, tactics, strategies that he includes inside the book, feel free to join me live inside the Facebook group Lessons Learned with TJ, and I'll be happy to share with you some of the things that I've learned 
going through this book and how I apply it inside of my businesses. For excerpts from the actual book, if you want to actually listen to Michael Port speak about the book itself, you can feel free to go over to the Steal the Show podcast. In the very first season, he actually takes different excerpts and strategies from the book and he discusses them on the podcast as he that he created while he was launching this book. So you get a lot of good information that comes straight out of the book onto the podcast. You can also catch his interview on the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. Um, and it's going to be episode number 62, where he talks about being a referable speaker that he also recorded as he was promoting this very book. It's an amazing book. I definitely recommend it to anybody that speaks from the stage and has not had any type of stage coaching or performance coaching. Obviously, he can't give you vocal lessons through a book. But for if you're looking for a starting point, if you're looking for information, and even if you're a seasoned speaker, but you've never really sat down and prepared your speech or prepared your presentation, I strongly recommend this book. I know I'll be using it in the near future to create different marketing campaigns for my other company. So I'm really, really excited about taking these frameworks and putting them to use in real life. Now, if you are new to the podcast, I would love for you to go ahead and leave us a review. The review would simply be something that you did learn. So what lesson did you learn from today? Or what's one thing you're going to do differently as a result of listening to this podcast episode? I would love to hear it and I cannot wait to see what you guys have to say. So that's it for me today and I'll see you guys next time.